Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And my name is Jarrell Three. So we invited Jarrell on uh, to talk to us because you might have seen his excellent uh, new Rest in Peace art for uh, Magic Arena, as well as some great new art for, uh, I think it's Tin Street Cadet? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's the name of it. Uh, that is the name, yes. It's uh, one of the Arena Beginner cards in their uh, kind of pre-con and tutorial set. So, Jarrell, let's start by just talking about you. Uh, how did you get started as an artist? Well, let's see. I was about 10 years old. I was in fourth grade, and a friend of mine, we were in class, and he had this blue vi- binder, had uh, Dragon Ball Z stickers on it. Cause nice. It's just, you know, back then, you know, Toonami was a big thing, and, you uh-huh. know, uh Every day after school, I would come home and watch Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing, Sailor Moon, and all that. Yeah. So he's he has his binder, and he opens it up, and there's a drawing in it that his brother had done of Goku doing a Kamehameha. And I said, it was the first time I ever seen somebody draw something before. And I said, that was awesome. Can I have that? He was like, no, It's he gave it to me. But you can have this binder, though. <laughs> I got some pictures in it. And so he let me have the binder, which I still have to this day. And it had a picture of Goku and Tien in it. So I went home that day and drew Goku, I think, first and then Tien second. And I looked at it. I was like, huh, that's not that's not bad. That's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> And then I pretty much just kept drawing after that. So that's really how it really got started. I really appreciate that story. I think there's an entire generation of artists who who got their start like copying Dragon Ball Z, like trying to draw Dragon Ball Z characters. Yeah, I actually went through all of school, pretty much elementary, middle, all of high school before I went to art school. All I did was Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Z related art. But you can't do that for, at least back then in 2008, you couldn't submit portfolios that are anime to get into art school. So I <laughs> oh, had yeah. to do something completely different to get into art school. But that's that's something different entirely. But yeah, it was mostly just anime that I did. So you mentioned art school. Uh, yeah. Are you comfortable sharing where you went? Yeah, yeah. I went to Ringling College of Art and Design. It's in oh my God, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a bunch of my friends are there. They probably graduated the year you started, if you started in 2008. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. I know Ringling. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we're like flooded throughout the creative industry. I initially, funny story about that, though, is that I actually uh, went there to be an animator. That's what I wanted to do growing up, because I wanted to do, like, Dragon Ball Z stuff so I want I like the animation and things like that so that's what I applied to the school for because Ringling is one of the best animation schools in the world so I was like well I want to do that but when I submitted my application to the school it was during spring break the admission people called me said that your application was too late for animation but it wasn't too late for illustration 
And what you can do is you can go under illustration and then switch your major later on. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. I got in, but I got my first class in animation, my second semester. And after that, I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to stay in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard is animation is, uh, uh, everyone I know who's gone into animation has gone into something else over the course of school. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, so what, what's your style with your art and what are your inspirations? My style? That's actually a really good question. I don't, I honestly don't know what my style is, to be honest. It's, I guess it's, uh, I like to think of it, well, what I'm chasing at least is like an imaginative realism kind of thing. That's what I'm really drawn to. Uh, I do think my work is a little more stylized, slightly more stylized than that. Uh, but there's a, like a basis in reality for the most part. Um, and then inspirations, first and foremost is Frazetta. That's really where it started. So another little bit of a story about that. So I'm in school. It's my second year, and all the illustration students have to take illustrate history of illustration uh, all together in one class. So we were in there, and up to this point, I was doing illustration, but I didn't really know what it is that I really wanted to do with it. I just knew that I liked doing it. So they're going through. We're going through the class. They're going through all these illustrators, and then a Frazetta painting came up i don't know i don't remember what the title is but it's the the woman with the two tigers lunging have y'all seen have y'all seen that one probably i'm gonna look it up now just to yeah yeah i think it's a watercolor piece or one of his early oil paintings but yeah it's that was the first painting i saw and right when i saw that i was like that's it that's what i want to do i want to do that Oh yeah, yeah. His his old. I'm, uh, I just just for the listeners, it's um sort of like a, a Edgar Rice Burroughs like uh, vibe with the Amazon woman and the two tigers lunch, two saber tooths lunging. Is that yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, so that was the piece that said that told me that's what I want to do. So after that, you know, I went to the library, which was the first time I had ever gone to the library at the school, and I checked out his. Icon is a book of a collection of his works called Icon, and I got that. And I pretty much had that one or some Frazetta book checked out the entire time I was in art school. So then, you know, you start looking at other people. Uh, so like contemporaries are here, like Boris Vallejo, Julie Bell. And then I kind of figured out, oh, look, Brom kind of works like that too. So I started getting interested in Brom and then... Jeffrey Jones, and you just kind of branch. I branched out a little bit after that, trying to look at more classical work. So now I'm really influenced by uh, Lord Layton, uh, Bouguereau, uh, Rubens, Rembrandt, and you know, the, pretty much the list goes on and on about that. And then you get, then later on, I got into 
figuring out who's in the industry during my time, pretty much. So that's when I learned about Donato, Dando Santos, Howard Lyon, uh, Jeff Miracolas. Hey, you know, hey, now we're on names I recognize. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was, I was talking to other names. <laughs> More Those obscure are all names. pretty big magic artists. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it didn't really... I just liked their work. I didn't really know what they were doing at the time. This was like right out of art school that I found people like Donato and Dando Santos. So I didn't, I just knew that I liked their work, but I wasn't really sure what they were doing. So it, it pretty much, it's pretty wide ranging at this point. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty much a wide range now of different influences. And of course, always there's always the anime aspect because that's what i grew up on and uh at least earlier in my career i tried to implement that just not in the style per se more along the lines of just the well i like shonen anime the most so the action pack one so i tried to implement that into a lot of my early work it's kind of phased out a little bit now but i like to keep it at least somewhat in there in certain poses I I make for different illustrations I've done over the years. Yeah, I'm 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 looking at your uh your blog spot that's linked from your Twitter right now and I'm seeing the the Piccolo and the Majin Buu and the Akuma uh from Street Fighter that last one. Right. I love it. I love it. Yeah, those are those are sketches. I always wanted to turn those into actual paintings, but I haven't I never gotten around to it. I need to find some time one of these days. So uh, let's talk about your process. That's that's I think that's a good segue. Uh, are you primarily a digital artist? Uh, are you do you primarily work um, with with oils? How do how do you paint? Well, now I'm mostly a traditional artist using oil paints. But pretty much when I graduated till about two thousand. 17 i was primarily digital um but i for some reason i'm just naturally better as a traditional artist it it comes better it comes easier to me than digital does i can't make digital look good but my i can make my paintings do things that i just can't do digitally so i just stick pretty much now for just in the traditional round. I do still use digitals, but mostly for sketch purposes. Fair enough. Yeah. The uh, the magic ha- magic has an art community that is hungry for uh, traditional paintings. Oh yes, I, I definitely <laughs> have realized that. Oh yeah. Oh. They yeah. love uh, traditional paintings. The people just eat up the sketches. Any sort of prep work. I've seen tons of people who go out there and hunt for like just even like thumbnail sketches that people do whenever they're working with wizards. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like some of my thumbnails are actually up for auction right now, which I didn't even know was a thing. I mean, I knew about the paintings part, you know, cause you follow magic artists and you see that they're selling their paintings and everything. But I wasn't aware that even thumbnails were a thing to actually people will want to buy. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a new, new thing for me. There is there's a color study that when uh, I have the money to set aside for it, I'm I'm picking up of uh, one of one of the original color studies for the card, a uh, hedron crab from the original Zendikar, is uh, being held. Uh, 
by a known associate and <laughs> yeah that's that's just kind of kind of how it works it's uh, uh a lot of people are like oh god i want to get a piece of magic art one day um so besides magic so because obviously you've you've just started you've got the the two pieces public currently mm-hmm. uh where could someone uh listening to this podcast go and find your work well easiest place is my website which is jarell3.com j-a-r-e-l-t-h-r-e-a-t.com uh that's where most of my work is i also have a youtube channel where i actually i have about like 100 videos on there now uh so it's you get to see how i actually make my paintings pretty much from start to finish and then you know normal social media like instagram and facebook twitter and those, all those handles are just my first and last name, Jarrell Three, on all of all of that. So, yeah, you can pretty much type my name in, and you you'll find some site somewhere that I'm on. DeviantArt, Behance, I'm everywhere. LinkedIn. <laughs> you got everything going. I love it. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so looking, looking through some of that, I noticed, uh, you have, uh, some comic books and graphic novels listed there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually, a, I'm actually a comic artist as well. Yeah. So what, uh, what comics have you worked on? Mostly been independent comics. I'm actually a, a partner in an independent comic book company called Verse Comics. Uh, I'm the head illustrator for that. We've published, I believe, five separate series, uh, one of which is called Theorings, another one is called Rise of Lazarus, the third one is entitled Imagine That, uh, which is a book we did uh, with Ha Ha Davis that's currently out, who's a comedian and social media uh, personality. And we also have another book that's about to be released in September. I believe it's September 13th uh, called Rise of Yuckmouth, which is we did in collaboration with the rapper named Yuckmouth from the Loonies. I I don't know if if y'all know who that is or not. He's a little, I guess he's like... Y'all know the song I Got Five on it by any yeah, chance? Yeah. Okay, that's the guy. That's, that's who oh, Yuck Mouth okay. is. So, <laughs> yeah, I usually have to put that in because most people don't know him by name. But, yeah, so we did collaboration with him as well. And so, yeah, we got we, we got some things going on for there. The Yuck Mouth one in particular and Therians are the two that I've illustrated. For Therians, there are four issues that we've done. I'm currently working on the fifth one now. Uh, and the Yuck Mouth one will be the first issue. The Ha Ha book was illustrated by another artist named JG, uh, who's really, really awesome. Uh, he's also part of the time, also part of the team. I mean, we have a writer named B-Van. Uh, he's the creator of all of this in Verse Comics. And then we have Alton, who is the music composer because we also did a uh, motion comic for the Therian series, which is on YouTube as well. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, 
With, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And then, you know, aside from that, I've also done, you know, uh, comics for, like, personal, like, well, like, individuals, not necessarily companies or anything, but people who want to get uh, comics done or short stir- stories illustrated, things of that nature. Cool. Oh, so, yeah. So let's... Uh transition here and uh talk a little bit more about how you got into magic so you mentioned earlier uh you were inspired by a lot of the, like the magical realists who who happen to also be pretty big names as magic artists um how did you find out about magic and how did you uh go about working for wizards of the coast as a new artist okay so how i learned about magic i think I believe it was because of I found Donato's work primarily because I saw, you know, you f- I found him as an artist and then you go through their website like with any artist to see what their work looks like. And then that name kept coming up in a lot of his work. So I was like, OK, so then, you know, some time goes by and then you find other artists primarily in on YouTube. So Jeff Miracola was mm-hmm. the first yep. person I saw on YouTube who was a magic artist putting out videos. Uh, so then you're like, oh, okay, this this must be a thing. Because, you know, like I said, I grew up in anime, so I didn't really know really mm-hmm. any of that kind of realm. Like, even Dungeons & Dragons, I didn't know really anything about that either. So, you know, you start seeing all these people. He's like, you saw, you, I found Muddy Colors started by Dando Santos. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you like you look at his work and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. But then you find out he does magic stuff too. It's like, why does magic keep coming up? <laughs> like these people are making like great stuff for magic. And then I found Chris Ron and then that totally blew the lid off. He was like, oh, so he j- pretty much just does magic. I was like, that's awesome. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, so after a while you're like, Okay, it's like, oh, say, so these, this must be like one of the premier companies of the industry that I'm trying to get into. I was like, all right, so I'm going to have to one day do that. Now, mind <laughs> you, this was back in like 2013, 2014 kind of area. So, you know, some years passed. And in 2018, I was having a pretty hard time getting work. Pretty much that entire time after I got out of school, it was really hard for me to get any kind of work at all pretty much like one or two jobs a year kind of hard so i was actually thinking about giving up on art altogether because it just didn't seem to work no matter what i tried to do so i said okay i pretty much run almost all out of options i had done schoolism i had done uh the wasatelier for a little bit the drawing course so there did new masters academy schoolism i pretty much ran through the gamut of learning of like the the teaching systems and things like that so i was like okay the only one i pretty much haven't done is smart school so i'm gonna try that and see if that does anything and help me get this thing along so i did the Nautilus course on smart school in 2018 and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had, ever, as far as learning, as far as actually 
learning from a a master of the craft. By the way, Donato, on side note, Donato is a genius in every mm -hmm. sense of the word. There is nothing that you cannot tell this man that he does not have an answer to. And it is the <laughs> right answer every time. It's a, I've never encountered anybody quite like him. So I had a good time the first semester, so I said I'm going to do it again next year. So I did it the following year. And then the first assignment we had, uh, it was kind of like a magic card sample kind of description. So I said, okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll try that out. And it's, I made a painting called Alchemic Relic. And it's, uh, it, it's on my site. Yeah, it's on my site. I was literally looking at it earlier and I was thinking to myself, is this magic card art that hasn't been released? Yeah. It is not. <laughs> it is not a magic card. So, so yeah, that's, that was the thing. So when I finished the painting, Donato said, you know, this is really good. We need to get this in front of magic. And I was like, oh, for real? He was like, yeah, yeah, this needs to be put in front of somebody. Like, But, you know, I was like, people have told me that before. So I was thinking to myself, He's just giving you a compliment on how good the painting is. He's not really going to send it to magic. So just relax. So the I finished the semester in January. In like a late January. Well, I finished it in early January. And in late January, like the 20-something, I get a random email from one of the art directors at magic saying... I saw your work on your website and think that your work would fit perfectly in magic. And I was like, huh? Since when? <laughs> and then, okay. And then I was like, so after I finished like jumping around and whatnot, I, I had to think to myself, I was like, okay, all right. Think, think, think. Okay. Well, how did you even find my work? Like, how did you even get a, come across me and he's like oh yeah Donato recommended you it's like yeah he said you do good work and you're a hard worker and and all of that you know how to take feedback well and yeah so yeah you you want to make magic I was like yeah I want to make magic <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much how I went and then that's how I, that's when I created the rest in peace that was the first assignment I had so yeah that's how it happened that's great so uh, we can't talk specifics, but can we assume we're going to see more art from you in future sets? Yes. Yes, you can. Oh, man, can't wait. Excellent. Okay. So you answered, I think, a lot, most of the questions here. Why don't we talk uh, specifically about uh, your process for Rest in Peace, which is the one I think that caught everyone's eye when it first uh, previewed. Okay. Like how I... Like the sketches and the painting process and all that. Yeah, the both both the process and um you know uh, how you went from the card concept just card description you were given to the final piece that kind of thing. Okay, okay. So pretty much, I got the when I got the description. You know, it comes with a a style guide and everything. Of make mm -hmm. sure you get all the aesthetics right and everything. And so the 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 description was is that the mummy is going to be carried on the on a slab, and 
your focus should be the mummy. And so I was like, okay, I got to do it that way. The, the weird part was is that the, the thumbnails that I made, for the most part, were fine. I just didn't like that it was in such hard perspective in order to get the mummy in there. I wanted to have the full figure of the mummy, but I was having a hard time figuring out how to do it. And then I remembered there was a Patrick Jones painting uh, that he had done some years ago of Frankenstein's monster. And in that painting is a top-down view, like straight down, pretty much kind of how, how I had it. And you see the full figure, and it allows you to actually see the entirety of the mummy and still have focus on him. So I was like, okay, I can, I can kind of go off of that. I like that viewpoint, so I'll use that. And so I made it, up to that point I had made like nine sketches or something, nine, ten sketches that I, I just couldn't find a third one that I wanted to choose out of those, those ten. And so once I found that, remember that Patrick Jones painting, I made one more sketch and I was like, I like that one. So I'll pick that one. I took them into Photoshop, refined them up and then sent them off and then he our director hit me back it was like yeah we'll go with that last one and there were no changes they wanted to make on it so i pretty much just went straight ahead with it after that shot reference color study and then you know did the painting awesome <laughs> Uh yeah, so Brian linked in our chat here the the art by um was it Jason Patrick what? Jones Patrick Jones thank you this piece is so good holy heck yeah that is a very awesome piece oh yeah Patrick Jones is a beast so I had not seen this before uh, today and I'm just looking at it now and something I've been thinking about looking at your rest in peace art is one of the mummy's legs seems to be missing a foot yeah. Is that is that an homage to this painting? Because it seems to be missing around the area where Frankenstein's leg is being connected. Uh, no, not not from that. It was actually in the style guide where it references. You know, sometimes they'll have the mummies will have a missing limb, kind of referring to how they died. And so I was like, oh, well, that's cool. I I could do. Let me put that in there. And it also add, I thought compositionally, it would add some nice asymmetry to all of it, you know, because it's a pretty symmetrical kind of painting. So to have it a little off kilter, I thought would be nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so you also added like a lotus flower to the head of the mummy. Was that part of the style guide or is that something you put in there? Uh, that was part of the description. It was optional. Oh, okay. It was it was an optional part of the description, but I was like, no, that'd be cool to put that on there. So I decided to put that in as well. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I I do really love this piece. Yeah. Uh, the the it's... rippling light and and fabrics in this are just it's it's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, the the perspective is great. Uh, I th I think it came out awesome. And uh, one of you know looking looking this, and uh, I think it's more apparent in the Tin Street Cadet is uh, I I really love the softness in your work. 
You you mentioned earlier about about how your work is slightly stylized but rooted in imaginative realism, and and that softness mm-hmm. I think just pulls it like just a little bit out of the realism in a way that I I've really enjoyed in uh, in these two pieces. Ah, much appreciated. So uh, let's let's talk about the other piece you've done for Magic so far, which is Tin Street Cadet. So the very first piece you got was uh, Rest in Peace, which was a, um, you know, it was a, a for, for the online game Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tin Street Cadet is another Arena exclusive. Uh, when did you get the, they both came out about the same time, but when did you get the second commission here? Uh, it was, let's see, uh, it wasn't that much longer. I think I had finished Rest in Peace. And about a week and a half, two weeks later, I got the um, I got the email asking if I wanted to do another piece. So it it, it was probably like a, a month, month and a half between the two. But they, yeah, I didn't think they would get released side by side like they did. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the the art process on the magic side is always confusing because it's like sometimes the art could be from ten years ago because it was just slush art that didn't get used at the time and they find a good place for it, or it's something that was commissioned like three weeks before the deadline and <laughs> they needed to get it in real fast because yeah. uh, of the way they do the waves of commissioning. So it, you never look, know. Look, when yeah. when you're contracting for magic, time does not exist. <laughs> it it definitely is quite a difference that's for sure it's actually hold on i'll take that back let's see 10th street today no that wasn't the second was it the second one i did now now i can't remember because <laughs> i know i did i know i did no 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 that was the third one that was in the the third go around actually so actually that one's pretty recent i take back what i said it didn't come right afterward that actually happened in, I want to say, June. Yeah, that piece was made in June. And then Rest in Peace was made in February. Because I did another piece in between those. So well, that one is not public yet, so I'm going to go ahead and, <laughs> and make sure you... We only have these two pieces public right now, so uh, that just means we're really excited because there's another piece. Well, awesome. there's actually... There's actually two <laughs> because i did a i did double duty with the 10 street i did another one at the same time so there's technically oh, wow. technically there's four that are done that haven't been released i'm currently working on some more now so awesome. there's oh, more that coming. is so exciting there's definitely more coming now now i am very curious about what you have next year because <laughs> i'm wondering if it's in a set that i worked on oh uh, that all has to stay very secret yeah um, <laughs> I, I really love this 10 Street Cadet art, and I hadn't seen it until today. I didn't even know it was... No one had, had clued me in on it yet, and I just... I love goblins. There's a lot of big goblin fans on the podcast. Yep. In, oh, yeah. And nice. uh, this is just an excellent goblin piece. What is what is he holding, or the goblin holding in its hand? Like, it's what kind of mace is that? It's kind of... Blu- it's a, some kind of bludgeon. I didn't get uh, that's all they said in the description just a bludgeon so I just made something up 
and because like, I guess they they wanted it to have like a, a makeshift kind of look to it. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll just make it like that. And they actually for the some of the reference, it's like all Carl Kopinski stuff mm-hmm. is what they sent for reference. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I had to follow up Carl Kopinski. Jesus, that's hard. That's really hard. So this is on. I don't know how much you know about magic. So this is on a set on a plane called Ravnica, and uh, this is the the Goblin Criminals are were all done by Carl Kopinski, including <laughs> Krenko Mob Boss, which is one of my favorite cards of all time. So oh yeah, no, it's good. You you did a good job following because I immediately loved this card, and I was trying to figure out which which. Uh, which arena deck it could fit? Just to note, everyone, uh, Jay just admitted that Krinko is a criminal. Just, just so we're clear. <laughs> no, he's a legitimate business goblin. All right. <laughs> I, I will say, uh, you were mentioning earlier some of your inspirations with Donato and Howard Lyon. Um, your rest in peace art really just fits in with them perfectly. Nice. I try. The al- the what was the name of the other piece? The alchemical. Alchemic relic, alchemic relic. Looking at the the hands there, I was like, "Oh, this is a." So in Magic, there are uh, cards called moxes, which are like these. Generally, they nowadays they get like the artists who are best at hands to draw like the hands holding these special relics that are magical. Right. And uh, I was like, "Oh God." That, 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 I think a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to draw hands. Yeah, this, this, oh, this hands, reminds... Yeah, hands are... Yeah, those are on a different... Hands, feet, head. Those are the things that are the hardest to, to paint. Also, it's, it's one of those things where you can't skip on at all. Because if you make it just a little bit off, then it's really off. Like You can't really mess around with those things. You can like mess up the entire painting... But if the head, hands, and feet are right, then people just let it slide. <laughs> it's what I've been. That's what that was like a. That was a quote from some artist. I can't. Maybe it was Sargent, but I can't remember who exactly said it. But yeah, that's a quote from some an, an artist from way back. <laughs> yeah, when I was looking at Alchemic Relic, I, I definitely got a vibe of Donato off of it, just because you know he's known in Magic for his hands, like on Sisse's ring. And some of his other pieces where hands are very prominent in the art. It's it's very you did a very great job with that art. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. That's that's what happens when you take into class with the now. You can't you can't skip on hands. <laughs> he he won't allow it, yeah. No, he would <laughs> he definitely won't allow it. No, there's no way. So uh if someone listened to all this and, and enjoys your work and wants to uh, help support you outside of buying magic cards. Uh, you said you had a, uh, an auction ongoing right now. Yeah, there's a auction going on at the MTG art market right now for the thumbnails for rest in peace. The auction for the painting that already has already passed and it's already been bought. Uh, and it's been shipped off and, and everything. So, you know, I think at some point, since the the cadet is now out, I'll, I have to coordinate with the, the curator to, to figure out when we're actually going to put it up for auction. So there'll, there'll be a, a post on my social media, uh, on pretty much all my social media, when it's actually going to be up for auction. So, yeah, just... 
Everybody be on the lookout for <laughs> You hear that, Jay? You could get uh, some original I heard that. Goblin I, am, <laughs> I, I am still a, a smidge away from magic art money. Um, that's, that's, that's not quite... Uh, I, I, I will look at all the things that are, would be going on sale around that, though. <laughs> Since my, my beloved Krenko is uh, long, long gone. <laughs> and people pay a lot for for these magic cards, man. I didn't know it was <laughs> like I, I had just joined that group probably like a, a few months before I actually got the the first job from Magic. I was like, wow, they they sell for that much? Oh, wow, that's yeah, that's people spend a lot of money on it. That's that's awesome. If you get the good cards or the planeswalkers, they oof. Traditional traditional art for those, they it goes. It goes, yeah. Was it Chris Ron who had the Ugin? Who had the, the new Ugin art this summer? Oh, that was Ryan Pankos. Yeah, Ryan Pankos. Oh, that's right. Right. Chris Ron are they, they clean up in the in the art market. Yeah, I mean I mean both of them are like routinely selling oil paintings for at least ten thousand. Like, what? Right. It might, you know, it might have been the Mythic Edition Ugin that I think hit like thirty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. That's just. I think Pancos got uh, the portrait of the royal family from uh, uh, Eldraine. I thought that hit thirty, didn't it? Maybe I don't remember. But anyway, the point is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get excited. It I will um I will just say for our listeners the the auction for the uh the thumbnail sketches for Rest in Peace uh, is actually closing Sunday night and we record on Thursday and the podcast goes up oh. on Monday. So, oh. if you're hearing this now, you've missed out on your chance to get those sketches. The live listen. Uh, but for those of us those of you in our live listen, uh you can run over to the MTG Art Market Facebook page. Uh Mike Lineman is running that auction and you can Throw some money in the hat and see if you can get some awesome thumbnail sketches. All two of you listening right now. <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, okay, so besides that, um, before we, we wrap he- up here for today, uh, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, you talked about your comic earlier. Why don't you reiterate where, where people could go to, to pick up one of your comics? Um, and anything else you want to plug? Go for it. Okay, so... For comics, Verse Comics, you can go to versecomicsusa.com. That's the the site. Uh, You can follow pretty much everybody from that website. It has all of our social media on it. So, yeah, go to versecomicsusa.com. Make sure to put the USA in there. If you put in just Verse Comics, it's not going to go there. versecomicsusa.com to check out all of my comic work and the team's comic work. Uh, we're doing we're doing good stuff over there. Uh, like I said before, if you if anybody is interested in looking at my work or seeing what I have up for sale at the moment, I will say this. My stuff has been going pretty fast ever since the card came out. So like <laughs> it looks pretty dry now, but it was actually full like just a week ago <laughs> and stuff is just flying off now so you can go to my website it's a good again problem to have it's, it's an awesome problem to have and you can go to my website again jarell3.com that's j-a-r-e-l-t-h-r-e-a-t.com uh all my social media is on there you can go to my youtube to find out uh what how i'm making these videos i'm actually gonna do a video 
uh, showing the process of the rest in peace painting. I'm editing it as we speak pretty much. So eventually, probably in the next week or two, it should be out on my channel. So check that out when it comes out. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and, and all that. Same handle, Jarrell3 on everything. And yeah, oh, and if anybody wants to commission me on anything, it don't have to be magic related. I pretty much do everything. So uh, anybody's interested, or if they just have questions and want to talk, you can email me at jarrell3 at gmail.com. First, last name, jarrell3 at gmail.com. And yeah, I think that does it. I think I ran through everything. <laughs> uh, jarrell, th thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and, and all folks listening, uh, thank thanks for listening and, and hope you enjoyed uh uh, our interview today and if you uh, would also like to support us uh, here on the Vorthos cast you can head over to patreon.com slash the cast and support us today everyone who donates gets access to our discord community where we have Vorthoses from around the world just being a really wonderful group of folks talking about magic and our lives and all the other exciting things happening in gaming worlds and entertainment worlds and just life in general we got we got a, a bunch of good folks and we would love to have you here and uh we're actually going to be uh mixing up some stuff on our patreon soon we we currently have three tiers uh a, a basic tier where you get access to discord a uh, a middle tier where you get access to pull from the deep which is a, a monthly short feature we've done uh as, as a bonus episode and then uh uh, higher tier where you can be a live listener and uh, on Thursdays around 7 p.m. Eastern Time you can listen to us record the episodes so you can hear everything that gets cut uh, talk with us before and after the show uh, and just get the episode a couple days early and uh, that's been our model for about two years now and it's worked pretty good but uh, we discovered uh, we'll call it an issue with the pool from the deeps and it's that they're very difficult to make uh when we first conceived of our patreon stuff they were a neat little thing where we could dump off excess ideas and uh the thing is the pool of ideas for little 10 minute episodes is a lot smaller than we thought it was and um it's gone <laughs> we used them all up <laughs> i mean we didn't like use them all up but it's it's not sustainable you know we've especially this year we've had a very difficult time keeping up with, with pull from the deep um so uh we are going to be uh, retiring them officially and what that means for folks on patreon is that the live listen tier is going to bump down so so currently we have a one a three and a five dollar tiers and so um starting in what is the next month september i don't mm -hmm. do time anymore uh september uh, we are going to have uh, two tiers. We are going to have the $1, $1 um, join our Discord tier and then a $3 live listen tier. So, uh, you know, every, everyone who's on a tier that exists now, uh, you can stay there. Uh, everyone who's on the $3 tier, you're going to get a, a new benefit. Everyone who's on the $5 tier, if you want to stay on $5, that's great. 
we we like to. we like having our show keep running if you want to bump it down to three to just stay on the tier that's great too uh if you want to drop off entirely that's your choice we can't stop you and um i can stop them you cannot stop them jay you are one person and you have a four-year-old <laughs> that demands your attention so uh, i like their chances um so uh, that's just just kind of a, a disclosure thing for for what's coming ahead. We'll have uh, one last pull from the deep where we're uh, kind of just going to talk about pull from the deep, a kind of self reflective uh, episode. But uh, yeah, we're we're going to talk a little bit more about those changes uh, online. So you, you'll you'll find uh, some talk about them on our Twitter at the Fourth Cast, all one word. Uh, and uh, again, you know, we we just want to structure. Patreon stuff and and stuff that is uh, best for y'all, our listeners, who we appreciate greatly because there wouldn't be a show without y'all. Because otherwise, we're just a bunch of nerds talking to ourselves. We're still a bunch of nerds talking to ourselves. <laughs> well, well, nothing wrong with that. Now we now we uh, <laughs> brought someone in from the outside to. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, I'm a nerd too. So. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.